Hey, what's up? Today we are talking to Daniel McBride, the graphic artist for Sumerian Records. He's been doing it a long time. I saw his stuff and started knowing his name way back in the day on MySpace, and I've always seen him consistently forever. He's been in the game. He's also done music with different bands and real good dude and really one of the mainstay graphic designers in our scene. And so really great conversation. Before we get into it, though, I got to talk to you about my company, Fearless Knives. This is the company that has given me financial stability while the music industry was shut down the past couple of years. So we started up a knife company and make some really cool, unique OTF knives. Head over to fearlessknives.com and pick up our new knife called the Defender. It's on sale through the rest of June. The Defender is high quality with lifetime warranty super cool go check it out it's all real brass plating titanium plating copper plating we got it all check out fearlessknives.com and the defender is on sale through the rest of june those guys that come over and they're like oh yeah you you have drums oh cool like you know we're in a band i'm like oh really cool like I didn't really know them that well. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, we play metal. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, and they're like, can we record our demo here? Like, you got a lot of space. And they, they brought their rig over and they used my drums. And then, like, uh, they, the drummer would leave the room and I would hop behind the drums and just like fuck around with them. And they were just like, oh, shit, this dude's like, yeah, we should just, <laughs> yeah, we should just play, play, play with this guy instead. And then there I kind of just became the, became the drummer. Um, <laughs> Kicked out the drummer on the spot had you go uh, he was just go. yeah he was just kind of like kind of like cucked him almost he was like kind of standing <laughs> in the doorway kind of standing in the doorway like uh, oh wow oh, you guys are jamming with him now huh and they're just like yeah dude you can just like go now <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> just, funny just kidding, no. no he was a cool dude but yeah he did, he was like a beginner so gotcha um, yeah i mean in yeah. drums is one of those things it's essential it really is and in the in the live performance i really put the drummer as like the most important person like beyond the front man like the front man does work but if you have a crap drummer like everything shot especially in the modern world of everyone being on click tracks the whole time if that drummer screws up like they're done it's a stop yeah yeah you You can't recover yeah there's it's it's so hard to recover if you just fall off and then you can't get back on and then you're the entire rest of the song is just a (laughs) train wreck yeah yeah like you can just it's it's a nightmare uh, and it's been, like the browning the synths are such a important part it's not just to keep everyone on it's like he's keeping us right. on with the music it's a straight up yeah. like we just have to stop the song but with my new drummer well, that that hasn't happened in like seven years so i'm i'm cool okay, there you go. yeah i guess it's been yeah, more than it's, seven years now since covid but right yeah a lot of it is just like not being able to hear the click when you're on stage and yeah. being in situations where a monitor's blasting at you or you're <laughs> playing too loud or you don't have the right kind of in-ears and stuff, but obviously the technology's come a long way. Some people just say fuck it and play with the huge can headphones on stage, you know, like like Naveen, yeah. Naveen does it. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to make sure that I'm on. I don't care right. about like what people think or anything like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys, so. with him, the impressive that. part isn't him like getting down to it. It's him like actually yeah, performing it. it. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 100%. So who cares if he has his hair down and wearing you know, whatever it's, it's yeah, like, actually cool. yeah, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? If he's not full body banging, like <laughs> job for a cowboy dude or something. It's right. like, yeah, who cares? Standing on yeah. the throne and jumping into like a crash hit or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you, yeah, a lot, bands like that, you know, they bring out a lot of just other musicians, you know, and um, especially just in the prog realm of things like mm-hmm. and progressive death metal and stuff like, yeah, it was just, you know, you're half the people in the crowd are there because they do what you do too and they <laughs> respect you for it. They're not there to like be wowed with fucking, you know, smoke and mirrors and shit like that. Right. So, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. And I would always, you know, just playing just like, I don't really care about anybody else's opinion except for, you know, the people in the crowd who actually know what's going on, like exactly. the other musicians and the other drummers, especially, you know, like, um, just like want to make sure I make a good impression on them yeah. and everybody else. If I, if I do that, then I know, you know, it was a good show or whatever. So how long has it been since you've played a show now? Shit. Um, well, I was in a band. Um, after last house on the left, I, I joined with another local band for like maybe a year and a half. So I think the last show I played was probably like 2011. Gotcha. Yeah. How does it feel not being behind the drums now? Uh, it's good. I mean, I knew yeah. when I, when I left, um, like I moved out of Albuquerque, uh, to Los Angeles for, you know, I was, I was working at for Sumerian from home and, New Mexico for a little while and then they got a new office in like 2012 right at UCLA like a really really sick office they told me I would have my own office with like Dang. an actual door on it and I was like alright I'll move out there and <laughs> I knew that I wasn't going to be able to play my drums in my apartment or anything but I still brought them with me yeah. and um, yeah and then yeah just we, I've been playing music and writing music with um, my homie Bjorn he was in Abigail Williams and yeah. uh VMS um for the last like few years. So Heck yeah. Yeah, still, still working on some creative stuff there, outlet. But, I mean, but your whole life yeah, is more a, of a creative outlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. It's definitely more of a project than it is like a, a band, you know. So um it's I, just, you know, I think dudes in the that modern world though, that, that's gonna thrive. Like I think there's gonna be a lot more like I mean, look sure. at Darko. Like Darko US, that's just straight up a project. I would really doubt if Darko ever plays a show. because uh, the two dudes doing Darko, Tom and I think his name's Bryce. They're doing Darko, and they're both in other bands. Like they can do this project and have it be successful, and have like this passive income from just an online project. Uh, not even have to hit totally. the road. Yeah, I think it's. I think in the modern world, I think it's a really like. I think musicians should basically try to put out as much music as possible to just increase that passive royalty income. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of, and especially with. Um, I mean, take like Pliny, for example, um, who started off like with no intentions of ever being a band or, or ever touring when he yeah. put out his first like few EPs, but he still, you know, was getting his name out there and getting the respect of dudes like Steve Vai and, you know, crazy players, you know, like the most insane players from around the world. And then he eventually figured out like, hey, this is actually doing good enough to where I could, you know, actually maybe go tour America from Australia instead. Right. And then like, now he's like staying busy touring and he's doing, you know, um, like clinics and, uh, selling his tab books. And he, yep. you know, he's really got all, all that figured out and he stayed independent this entire time. I actually tried going after him and signing into Marion like <laughs> six or seven years ago. And he was just very down to earth. He's like, no, dude, I'm like doing, I think I'm doing a good job. Like on my own, I'm going to, yep. I'm going to stick it out. And it was just like, all right. Awesome. Respect that. So yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, yeah. from your perspective, um, since you do work with, uh, one of the bigger labels in, uh, and really anything, uh, 
someone that's wanting to be independent as versus signing like do you think in the modern realm it makes more sense to sign or makes more sense to stay independent i think at the end of the day you're only going to get so far on your own without a team of some sort um you know like it's it's not going to be a one person operation for ever unless you're fine you know uh with somewhat of a glass ceiling obviously there's some exceptions but i mean can you really name any it's like it's usually like you know say an artist does really well independently you know they probably have a really legit management team or manager or you know a really good booking agent who are helping said artists get to that next level you know what i mean so but obviously things have changed now with like tiktok and and everything and and with labels and managers and agents finding their clients or artists, you know, on TikTok and, and through social media, instead of going to a concert and having to see the opening band, you know, like, or going to scout in person, it's like completely different playing field. But, um, I mean, for your typical like metal band, um, or, you know, deathcore band or progressive band or anything like that, um, yeah, I mean, if you at least don't have a manager to help you, you know, make sense of your ideas and keep all the busy work off your plate while you focus on just the art and the music about what you do, like, you know, it's going to stress you out. Like, you need that help. Like, you don't want to burn yourself from both ends. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and I will say from yeah. personal experience, 100%. Like, <laughs> I'm a. I, I do more than I, way more than I should in, with everything that I do. And so being able to have a team that like knows where to push you and like to put you in the right direction or financial backing as well. You can keep your finances for personal use while someone else can invest financially into your creative project. It's uh it kind of relieves a little bit of both of those burdens, like pushing things in the right direction and financial, uh, you know, help. Yeah, I think um, it's like the ideal scenario, you know, is just finding that team, that label, you know, if we're talking about labels, like finding that label that really gives a fuck, that really cares about you, that you you feel the love, like, you know, the artists that we have on the roster, a lot of us, you know, have like personal relationships with these people or like, you know, we're in like group chats, you know, talking more than just about work, you know what I mean? Like we're getting to know people on a personal level. And, um, you know, when we, when we, when new stuff comes to the table or if we bring something to the table, we see how, um, emotionally invested someone is, you know, and that makes it more, you know, interesting. It's like, Oh wow. Someone, this person is, you know, my coworkers like gung ho about this. I haven't seen them this excited about anything in a long time. Like I'm going to take the time to check it out. And like, so, um, yeah, you know, and then just obviously like sharing input on unreleased music and, and stuff like that with the artists and and for them to be um, receptive to it and and to hear what you're trying the the point that you're trying to make and you know that all that kind of stuff is extremely gratifying and yeah. um, and obviously not not a lot of you know I'm not saying Sumerian is like any better than a lot of labels but the nightmare stories that you do hear from bands with labels are usually like, yeah, no one cared, you know? So it's like, yeah. or at least they thought, at least they thought that way. Maybe, you know, maybe the artist had a manager 
you know, who did all the talk, like correspondence. They didn't really like, you know, relay things properly or something like that. But with Sumerian, we're a lot more hands-on with, you know, the artists. Um, so yeah, I think that's why, I mean, we're, you know, if we're, if we're doing good, I think that's part of the reason why is because yeah. we have a very like direct relationship. Yeah. And that, that's essential, uh, especially with how easy it is to communicate with like bigger groups of people nowadays. Um, you know, it doesn't take a phone call to be able to personally connect. Like there can be a discord server mm-hmm. or group chats or anything like that to connect. Yeah. With just even groups. just sending stupid memes to each other. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. it, it just even, even that, you know, so it goes a long way yeah. and you know, we're always like reachable, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and yeah, we don't try to put up any kind of wall between you talking to us or anything like that. You mentioned earlier that uh, you mentioned how some labels or you guys might find artists on like TikTok. Now, TikTok is or social media is like Instagram, whatever Instagram Reels. Every conversation I have with bands on here, um, I was like, "So, what are you guys like working on? Like, what are you guys doing to try to you know progress?" And all of them are always saying. Well, we're trying to do the TikToks and do the Instagram reels and all this stuff. And like me personally, I it's hard for me to get into that world because uh-huh. I'm just old, I guess. Um, and, you know, how we operated bands, it's not how it currently is, but, you know, need to modernize. But with all these younger bands, especially like that's a focus, every single one of them that I talk to on here. Um, so from your perspective as someone that is with a label that sits down with people and it's like, so who's out there? Who's doing it? Who should we be interested in? Like whatever it is. Uh, is that really like a main target? Like how's their TikTok doing? How's their Instagram doing? Like, are they uploading enough content to stay relevant? Are they like, is that an actual thing that is of top concern to a label? I mean, I think it's it's a case by case basis. TikTok isn't going to be for everyone, um, at least yet. I mean, I know it's massive right now, but you know, um, obviously, a lot of pet, like pop artists and rap artists are doing extremely well on TikTok. Um, it's just like I guess it's just kind of hard to find that that corner that you fit in. But once you do, once the algorithms start working in your favor and bringing the right eyes to your page, you know, that's, that's when things can really start to click. I, you know, they, they say like with TikTok, persistence is the whole thing and like continuity or like not continuity, but consistency, Yeah, you know, just like keep taking a stab at it, keep taking a stab at it. You never know which one is just going to like, you know, pop off or land right. in the right hands or, um, and so is one it thing not I noticed, necess- like, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah. If you, if you can get like, uh, like I guess it'd be kind of a tip, but if you can get any sort of verified um, account to engage with your content on TikTok, like that's going to really bring a lot of traffic for some reason. That just helps the algorithm. So yeah. if you're like tagging major brands, you know that kind of stuff can be a nice little like, you know, it might help, it might not. But yeah, um, yeah it's just like like I said, case by case basis. Um, on the labels TikTok, like Sumerian's actual channel um like as a label i guess our priority is more is just growing the the presence of the channel of the label rather than you know focusing on each artist's like personal tiktok page that's that's more of like a a management kind of thing but what we can do is you know suggest 
ideas for content for them to try from their channel. And, you know, we're, it's not like we're like hawking analytics and right. dro- dropping artists because they're not doing well on TikTok or anything like that. It's just like, um, we're still very much like trying things out, seeing what, what works. It's, it's still very new, but yeah, Marion is doing pretty well compared to, you know, other, other labels in our realm, I guess. So, um, yeah. And I mean, helps, so but, you know, it's yeah. not necessarily we, like a, a thing you're looking for with a band that has that's piqued your interest in signing but if they have that going for them then it's just a added an added bonus yeah if we're talking about like artists that we are looking to sign like in the future um sure it's a, it's a huge plus um but yeah obviously something can come out of left field and like be amazing and you ask like hey how's your tiktok doing and they've never even heard of tiktok like right. that's not going to be a any kind of deal breaker. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's all about the music and, um, but yeah, TikTok is definitely very much a young person's app. You know what I mean? So yeah, depending on your demographic as a, as a band or an artist, you know, you might do some might do yeah. better than others. Yeah. And I mean, it's metal needs younger fans. Like, so it, it doesn't hurt to try to get those younger people into it because I mean, I feel like, Whenever I like, I was starting in all of this, like started up the Browning. I mean, I was fourteen doing it on MySpace, and a lot of people were back then. And like when the Browning really started kicking off, uh, around like twenty, uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, I feel like the average fan base was like seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that is nowhere near the average fan base now. And not only for the Browning, but pretty much every metal band that I talk to. Like, I don't personally know any metal band that's average fan base on the metal side that's like that 17, 18 mark. It's all like 25, 35. Yeah, exactly. It was younger then because social media was so new. Yeah. And yeah, now, I mean, there's obviously quite a bit of like a deathcore resurgence over the last couple of years, which is funny because it's like a one of those like 10 year itch things or yeah. whatever, you know, something, something kind of dies away and then it just comes back like definitely super casually. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we can all hope as, or, you know, bands can all hope for, you know, younger fan bases and, and getting those fans that are in high school who see their friends on a regular basis, yep. who can chat about things and show music to each other in person. And like, cause that's, that's where the word of mouth is like, yep. And you, you know, need it to kid. have longevity. So you have fans 10 years later because, like, I don't know how many 45-year-olds have time to go to shows, but when I'm 45, I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 37 in a couple of days, and I can, like, if I have to stand for the entire show, I'm, like, extremely, like, disappointed. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I, just, I, I just can't do this anymore. Right. I just really can't. Yeah. Um, I feel it. And, I mean, you've been uh, doing all this for quite some time. Like, I'm, I, I, I remember seeing your stuff back in the MySpace days. Um, I... It was a lot of stuff with the band, but also mainly the design work that you do. Um, and, you know, I... that You started off as just a designer, that then that rotated into all of this? Kind of, yeah. So I, I basically... Like, I had Photoshop for a while. Like, I, I got a copy of Photoshop probably when I was, like, a freshman in high school, and I just always had it on my computer, and... I would like just, you know, mess around, but never really did anything serious. But then when I started playing music and 
Um, I got a little, little into web design before I got in, before I even knew what MySpace was. Um, so I was just kind of like, you know, diddling with that. And then, yeah, I was like, I remember being, I was probably like a freshman at community college, in like 2014. Yeah. And then that's when I heard someone talking about like, Oh, I'll talk to you on MySpace later. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? And yeah. I got home and I looked for, searched up MySpace and I like made a profile that day when took my default photo, you know, behind the drum set, like put a little filter on it in Photoshop. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here I go. And then I started realizing that like, that was a good way to find music and like find bands and, um, you know, using the top eight, you know, like you're on a yeah. band's page that, you know, you like, and you go to their top eight and like, there's a whole other list of bands that are going to be just like that band. Like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was about the time when I told you yeah, that they, uh, the last house dudes were, you know, jamming in my place and I kind of took over on drums. And so I, uh, just started making flyers for us and like little GIF banners for us and started figuring out how to customize our MySpace profile. And, um, you know, view, you viewing the, I don't know if you know much about like, you know, code and stuff, but like you figuring out how to view source on other people's yep. MySpace pages to see, you know, to like essentially dissect the, the blueprint of everything and figure out like what little piece of code does what, and then have a little test page to like, combine them all and figuring out what doesn't work and what works on yeah. one, one browser versus another. Like if you're on Firefox, it works, but if you're on Safari <laughs> or on internet Explorer, it's not going to work. And like yeah. all that stuff is like figured that out, but I was just doing it for my band. And then one day I got a message and, uh, I think it was within the ruins actually. And they were like, Hey, can you do one of these banners for us? We'll pay you like 20 bucks. I was like, no shit. <laughs> and I was like, I can just make, I can make money doing this. And then I, uh, other people started needing like I was doing a lot of our show flyers and um, uh, a few promoters on the East Coast who do who were doing shows like every weekend started needing you know a flyer for twenty bucks a pop and so that started adding up and then yeah one of those guys put me in contact with uh, Sean at Samarian um, and yeah he just he was like hey we need a logo uh, for a band and that's when I started working. We're doing work for Sumerian in like 2007. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of, uh, just, I, I never, I had like one real job as a dishwasher, um, for a little bit and then just kind of, you know, coasted through and my mom's through college and stuff. But then, yeah, I started getting paid to do design when I was probably like 22 or 23. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of MySpace layouts for bands lot of album covers layouts logos yeah if, um, if those only little, those things were if only things were still set up like myspace like there'd be so yeah. much money and like <laughs> constant layouts and constant banners and just like always updating and i mean i guess you kind of get it with cover photos but not anywhere near as extensive uh no. so for your whole career myspace is kind of the catalyst that like made it happen Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, that's one of those things. Like I didn't have my buddy who got me into metal in the first place, and I didn't have MySpace. Like yeah, I just I just wouldn't even. I don't know where I would be right now for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it, uh, MySpace was just the the ultimate platform for like creatives, uh, whether it be a band or an art, like an actual artist or whatever. It's just like being able to fully customize crap. Now it. It wasn't like to scale that things are at nail, so like the servers could handle it and they could handle uh -huh. each page having freaking 
20 photos uploaded on it and right. <laughs> like yeah. different PNGs and all this kind of stuff. It's uh, so I doubt that at the scale that like Facebook and Twitter and crap is now, it would not be able to handle custom profiles, but it, it does kind of suck. I wish that there was something like MySpace, but specifically geared towards bands that allowed you to uh, have like a band profile. I mean, I guess everyone can make a website, but it's, it doesn't connect them like how MySpace did. Like you said, you would go to a band and you'd look at their top and it's like, these are the people that those guys are friends with or relative to. Right. And yeah. it was and before just, that it was, yeah. before that it was like reading the liner notes and seeing what bands that they thanked. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was the other way to do it. It's like, all right, I'm going to go look for all these other bands. So, yeah. But yeah, totally. It's like, um, obviously bands have tried to like monetize their content a little bit more with like Patreon and, um, like monthly subscription kind yeah. of things. And, you know, that might be working for some bands, but it's just not like, you know, not, it's not for everybody. And so, yeah, Patreon wouldn't be that hub, you know, yeah. maybe they thought that they kind of could be, but, um, yeah, I think there's room for that to where people like bands still like, you know, make some direct money too, even just Definitely. letting people run ads on their page or whatever, like, yeah. um, something, but, uh, yeah, just with how technology has evolved, it runs on their phone now instead of sitting at their computer. Whenever I use, I use MySpace, I was just in my bedroom on my computer, like just refreshing my homepage, waiting for a new fucking comment or a new uh -huh. you know picture comment or something like that. But like, yeah, um, yeah. Now we just sound it was like definitely boomers. more in, like yeah, just, exactly. It was more immersed in it than back then. The, you, people are way more ADHD these days. Yeah. And, um, distracted yeah. so that, I don't know but that's where like modernizing works like for for us MySpace was that catalyst it was the same with me like even the style of music I'm into it was all because of MySpace and the Browning started on MySpace as just a project that was for fun and all this kind of crap so both of us it, that was the catalyst but in the modern world that catalyst for a lot of people could be TikTok and it definitely yeah, is exactly yeah and so it's like maybe we just got to stop being boomers and be like, in our day, it was way better, you know? And whereas like, well, maybe we can just understand there's still that platform. It's just, it's TikTok. It's not MySpace. And so yeah. it's, I just wish, I wish it was a little bit more. Yeah. Like immersive yeah. and customizable. And, um, you know, even with, yeah, it's like in MySpace, you went to someone's page and it's like, you actually went to a place. Right. You know what I mean? Like you were in their world while you're on their page. And that's what I miss the most about yeah. you know, all of it. So, yeah. And um, I, I did love designing because I did the same thing. I was, I was fully, I was so proud. Like, no, the Browning has the sickest layout, you know? And I would go and mm -hmm. I would download like Carnifex's background and copy the layout of the sidebars <laughs> yeah. and, you know, all right. this kind of stuff. And, yeah, I'm guilty too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was fun. I, I read like, everything I did. Yeah. It was, it was like collage, was, like collage <laughs> with code. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, the coding part too. Like there was how many? I guarantee God dang Tia. There's thousands of people in coding jobs or web development that got their start on MySpace. Guarantee it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just awesome. I, I just I wish there was more. I guess Spotify kind of if if Spotify somehow integrated a social network within it, that would be what could take it to another level. Probably if like, they at least let you like pick a, a color scheme, like you know they like automatically, <laughs> yeah. you know they automatically take the colors mm -hmm. out of your album cover, 
seemingly at random. I don't yes. know what algorithm determines what color that they pick to make the background of everything. Or like, you know, when you yep. repost your stories and shit like that, like obviously you can upload canvas videos and stuff like that, but at least like, let me change the colors up. Like maybe <laughs> I don't want a black background. Maybe exactly. I want a dark blue background. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like I also you, get annoyed. They, they limit it super hard on like what you can put on the profile. Like, yeah, you can put merch, but it has to be at the bottom of the page and you can ask for a donation and that's right at the top. What if you don't want that at the top, you know, or you could suggest a certain playlist. Like it's, it is very limited where it's like, <laughs> why? Yeah. Get some more, get some more widgets in there. Yeah, we exactly. Need, we need to see more widget options. Yeah. Or yes. like, you know, like a Spotify artist pro account, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Like I'm sure bands would be down to pay. Yeah you know, an extra 10 bucks a month or whatever sure. to like, just be able to pimp it out a little bit. Like, yeah. And, um, and yeah, if it was something like that, like a 10 or even $20 a month, they would have millions of small artists paying for that. You know, Spotify should merge with Squarespace and figure all that out. And just go. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Really? There I mean, it, it would just, it, it since it's so based around music and it's the biggest platform. Everyone has it. Just add a little bit of a social thing there, like just and pay bit. artists more money. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's getting ridiculous, honestly. Um, I've I've came up with all sorts of like different ways to go about like could there be a platform that actually properly pays artists like a fair share? I think the problem is everything scales so huge, like in their own and like structural like of the company that it just starts taking all the money. It's like, I wish that there was something that was just set up super simply that would be able to give like a good amount of money to the artist. But it's like a few artists have thrown fits here and there. Uh, you know, like Taylor Swift, she took all of her music off Spotify however many years ago. And, but it's just inevitably you have to go where the people are. There's like, it sucks that you're kind of like, uh, forced into this because if you yeah, don't do it you gotta then, play the game yeah, yeah exactly and then that that's where i've always said it spotify is by far the best thing for the consumer but by far the worst thing for an artist correct and totally. i just uh, I, yeah. I, even as far as like the algorithmic playlists or getting on the playlist properly like as a small artist like a very very small artist um it's so hard to break into those and so if somehow it was like properly set up to um you know ship say like a thousand listener band or even less than that to be on a proper playlist with like parkway drive or something then it would i would start seeing the benefit to having the huge user base but they're just shipping the big artists to other fans of other big artists it's like it's not yeah it's, it's not really bringing people up i see what you're saying yeah for sure um I maybe feel you have like, a better perspective because you're you're in on the label side of it. Like, well, no, I mean, like when, like you were saying, like when you're at that like brand new artist stage, when your numbers are at zero, and you're trying to figure out how to get them up, like, kind of like the as far as landing on these algorithms and stuff, the fate is really in you know your fans' hands because you need you need fans to teach the algorithm of okay say this person is listening to my music what do they also listen to okay you need to like build that data bank of multiple fans and what they listen to in order for your stuff to get to the right fans 
you know, who might yep. like your stuff. So, you know, all, all you can really do at the beginning stage is like really encourage your fans to get in on that ground floor with you. And that's what you're seeing with TikTok is like a lot of the, the videos I see of, of unsigned artists or bedroom musicians are like, yo guys, what's up? I just launched my shit on Spotify. I really need your help. Like get in there, share it. Like, you know what I mean? So like yeah. they're encouraging the, the, the people to like do the work for them because they can't do that work themselves. So, um, yeah, once you, once you have, you know, kind of like once the algorithm has learned about you and, and it, obviously the algorithm is a complete mystery and no one is ever going to figure it out because <laughs> it's probably constantly changing anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, like if if you're not being suggested to the right people, um, and you're just being suggested to just random people who don't give a shit about your genre, then like you know it's just kind of a a, a waste. Yep. So yeah, you just really gotta like be personable enough to where your fans are like, yeah, like I almost feel like I know this person, and I almost feel like they're my friend in a way because you know when you when you when you're like a impressionable youth or something like watching TikTok and you see you follow someone and you see videos from them every day talking to you like even as an adult you kind of feel like you kind of start to know the person you know Definitely. what I mean so um, I had yeah, someone really today helps. in my discord uh, it was someone that had watched me on stream uh, for years and like on yeah, Twitch perfect example and then uh, they also listened to the podcast and I was typing in the discord and they said I don't know. They must have just realized it, but they said whenever I was reading that, I heard your voice. It's like they <laughs> yeah, listen to me so much that as they're reading, they actually hear me talking. And like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's just that's exactly it. Is it's so much more about like a personal connection um, now than like a mystique of like rock stardom or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so people come out because they're like, oh, I really like this person and the music's cool too. So I'm going to go say what's up rather than, Oh, I'm going to go see what the the singer looks like in person. Cause I've never seen them talk or something, you know, it's there's, yep. there's no more mystique. There's no more rock stardom, anything like that. It's like very personal, very direct. Everyone knows you and likely, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I streamed on Twitch for freaking six years and I knew all my daily people like i knew their names i knew their favorite music i knew where they lived i likely knew where they worked what kind of food they ate like i knew everything about all these like top fans that were in there every day you know and awesome and it's just it, it's so important um in the modern world being like that and uh so getting back to the design side of stuff uh got the catalyst at myspace got into doing all of that and um i and especially with getting in with Sumerian at that time, that's like as big as it got back then, uh, or like as as like uh, influential as a label. Um, especially the coming years after, that was like really when um, I felt Sumerian was like the label to um, be with or be a part of. If you signed to Sumerian as a band, you were gonna, you know, in theory, do things, you know. Uh, and so, being a like a graphic designer. Um, getting that sort of in, what would a graphic designer do if they didn't get that in? You know, because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are um, artists that are trying to learn their way through, trying to make it, and a lot of them are creative, so they might do graphic design. Like, what if you don't uh, get that break to get the in with a with a label? 
like how hard can someone survive or have a career without that kind of break yeah i um uh, man i'm in a group chat um i have been in a group chat since like 2014 with um a bunch of merch designers from like around the globe pretty much and uh basically all of them are getting by just doing freelance and they're doing pretty damn good um and you know um i don't think any of them are just relying on one or two clients either you know they 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 do good enough work to where other people notice and want work from them too and yeah. i think you know just if you're doing the freelance thing and you it, it could just be that one big client you know that you that you finally land that not only um i guess increases your perception as a designer in your field but also gives you that confidence boost too like yeah you know once you once you feel like oh damn like that that design that i thought was pretty sick like someone else thought that too you know what i mean like Definitely. that little boost of confidence you know will do wonders for you but especially with social media and we're talking about like how direct everything is you know shooting your shot and you know i i see a lot of merch designers just say fuck it and like they'll just go and do a justin bieber design for the hell of it or yeah. and tag justin bieber or like you know uh anybody like uh, <laughs> i was just felt like doing a boys to men design today like here's yeah. a boys to men like bootleg design and you know like something like that just for the hell of it and getting it in front of the right eyes might just land you that client yeah you know, like uh i have a friend who his favorite band is bring me horizon and one day he had enough time to just whip up some bring me the horizon designs and then <laughs> all these sykes was falling and like and then he's like freaking out and he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god that was that was it for him like yeah you know what i mean and the, the confidence boost and uh you know getting that that cred and and having the band post their stuff and, and tagging him and you know i i just saw like it's like dude okay you just like evolve to the next level you know yeah. what I mean? you just kind of like feel it yeah um and so I, yeah just just shoot your shot yeah you know? and with that too i have a couple a couple things with what you just said like with doing the random designs for like a band even if you're not working for him actually one of the main designers i work with right now that's how he got my attention it wasn't even with the browning i was scrolling through hashtags on instagram uh like deathcore or whatever metalcore or whatever uh mm -hmm. and i saw this uh like moth the flame logo and i was looking for a logo for my podcast and for another company that i was starting i was like i really like this and i mean he did something for like moth the flame so you know i sent him a message but i looked at his profile and he had a bunch of like logos for big artists and i was like sick so he's working with these bigger artists like all the time uh and really he just he just uses the name because he liked the name and so he'll show what he can do by yeah. using a name that he likes to draw. And I was like, yeah, oh. I can see what you're talking about. Like that could be a little bit like misleading if say you're, um, you know, you're, I don't know if you're working at like Nike or something like that and right. you come across the merch designers page and it's all these big names, Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta be transparent about it at Definitely. least, you know what I mean? Like you can't be like, yeah, your yeah. logo for Post Malone. Like you can't <laughs> come on, dude. Like, yeah. And yeah. like he told me and I was like, oh, because he, he was, he's a really small designer, you know, he's very new to it. And so he doesn't have the ability to get those, but I liked his work. And so now he's made like four logos for me, but 
He was just using, you know, hashtag like Miles the Flames, hashtag Metalcore, hashtag this. And he actually uh-huh. said that like Miles the Flames did pick up one of his logos. He wrote with their name and used it on merch too. Good. And awesome. uh, Good for them. so that that's, yeah, using stuff like you said, doing a test for someone else's thing. I, I do think that that's smart. Um, but also like the, ins- I, I've always like struggled with merch designs. One, because uh, the Browning was always on tour and was always broke. So I was always looking like bare minimum to try to spend, which sucks. Because like you're an artist, you want to support other artists, but you just straight up don't have money. But now, yeah. uh, being older, I do have more money to be able to invest in this stuff. And Instagram is, to me right now, I buy 100% of our merch designs off Instagram. I found like six artists on there that I really like, and they're constantly posting artwork for sale, artwork for sale, stuff that they're drawing every day. And so like I feel like as an artist like a graphic designer or a t-shirt designer that's like so sick because as an artist i'm like okay i need a shirt design i'm gonna go click through like the six dudes instagrams and see what they have for sale right there yeah sure i mean you can definitely get better i mean in my experience um something that already exists versus something that needs to be made from scratch yeah you know you can definitely save some money that way definitely and yeah the, the artists that do have like the luxury of time to do that and just yeah. crank out stuff and then have available. Like, that's great. Like, I wish I had, you know, free time. <laughs> I just have yeah. a full-time job. So I, I, you know, I, I'm more of like, you know, you got to come to me with your idea. I don't really exactly. have anything just laying around, but, um, with what I'm doing, like I, I picked up photography a few years ago, like kind of, I, I'm a dude with a camera. I wouldn't really say I'm a photographer, but, <laughs> um, like, that is helpful because, you know, I, I've definitely have a lot of photos laying around. Uh, yeah. so if, if someone needs something, um, and they have an idea and it kind of, you know, I might have something that'll work for it. Yeah. So that's super helpful being a designer with like, a camera. Yeah. And, having and a bunch of stock like, images of your own. Yeah, exactly. Don't have, yeah. Not having to rely on paying for stock images anymore for a lot of stuff, unless it's, you know, something completely random that yeah. I wouldn't be able to take a photo of myself, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, that's a, another huge tip I would have for any kind of graphic designer who can't illustrate like me. Um, cause I can't draw to save my life, <laughs> but like, um, if you at least can, you know, t- pick up a camera and make sense out of it and yeah. you know, you'll, you'll be in a much, much better spot. Yeah. And there's like, I feel like there is a big, a distinct difference between illustrator and graphic designer um because i'm the same way i cannot draw at all but if you give me like five photos to manipulate and blend together i'll make something sick you know <laughs> and yeah i've definitely like i can i can sketch ideas out um but I, yeah i definitely can't make them uh quality enough for an album cover by any means but i can at least sketch something uh not so rough enough to where someone else can get the idea yeah. you know, of what I'm going for. So, and so um, now with you, um, are you still in the office with Sumerian and everything? No, we're all, we're all remote. All yeah. Remote. We've been remote since the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And so now they, yeah, I mean, you said you started in 2007 with them. So, uh, 900 years later now you're still with, uh, <laughs> Sumerian and are you still like a full-time graphic artist for them or are you at this point like managing just that side of things or like what are you doing with the label at starting as a graphic artist to you know uh 15 years later yeah so i guess you, my like actual role would be the head of art or like art director lead designer 
Um, so our art team consists of myself and Eddie, aka Killabong, the dude that does all the summer slaughter ad maps yeah. and a lot of the more like uh, OG Sumerian album covers were done by Eddie. Um, and he's, you know, is, he's the yin to my yang. So we've got me and Eddie cranking out basically anything graphic related. We also have um, an animator. Uh, he kind of lends his hand to that kind of stuff, but he's more on the video side of things. But um, like, as far as like my tasks go, I'm very much um, involved with like running our merch uh, stores. So any sort of like big album drop with pre-orders and the whole spread and all the vinyl and all that stuff, that's all me um, getting putting together designs or outsourcing designs from third-party designers, presenting the band to get them approved, going back to the merch company, letting them know what we're going to launch and figuring out all the pricing and stuff like that. Um, all the packaging, all the vinyl layouts and all the colored variants and stuff like that. That's usually me. Eddie helps out sometimes, sometimes, uh, like if, if I'm not making the album artwork, I'm at least overseeing it. Someone else is doing it, but I'm at least, at least in there and involved with it. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's anything that you're looking at that comes from Sumerian that isn't video related. Yeah. Uh, just like goes through me at least. Yeah, and so you you do design stuff, but you're also kind of managing the look and of the uh, graphics and the art and that comes out of Sumerian. Yeah, yeah, the um, yeah the video department does their thing, but it's you know a lot of it is kind of at least based off of yeah the al- overall aesthetic of the album, and you know, they're using the logos and the you know the right font for that kind of stuff, and you know yeah that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's kind of all out of comes out of my brain at least a little bit, but, um, yeah, just, I just take a lot of pride in how things are presented and not looking shot and, you know, not looking, you know, uh, dated and, you know, making sure that we're looking good out there. So I'm going to ask you to leave a five-star review on whatever streaming platform you're listening on, be it Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, whatever it is, leave a five-star review helps a ton with the growth of the podcast and helps support me. So, yeah, and I mean, especially in the the earlier days, um, like, did you do stuff for like Born of Osiris? Yeah, that was actually their logo was the first thing that Samaria never needed from me. Um, so that was that was when they weren't even Born of Osiris yet, and yeah. the new reign hadn't even come out yet. Um, so yeah, I, I threw that together uh, for Sean Keith when he reached out to me on, on aim one day <laughs> aim. and, uh, yeah, then they just started using me for random stuff and my space layouts. And then, uh, I was just invoicing, you know, per, per job. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it, it, things just started to really pile up and I couldn't really charge for, you know, just all the stuff that they were asking for. So they put me on a, like, I guess a retainer for yeah. a little bit. And then when I moved to California, I actually like, got put on payroll yeah. like full time and you know got benefits and all that stuff. Yeah, that's sick. And I mean that's like to me in this realm you're you're talking about a legendary band um in like metalcore and gent or whatever million subgenres uh there are they are a mainstay band and like you created um like really the most recognizable aspect of that band. Like you don't even have to read the name, you can see the logo and you know what it is. Um, just 
from awesome. pattern and all this kind of stuff. And like, it's so cool to me that, uh, you know, people know the band and people love what the band creates, but like the thing that's most recognizable is something that like you created really. And it's, that's to me, that's a lot of this podcast. I want to talk to people that work in music. That's not just artists like, because there's so many people that do create this overall picture and this overall like experience, whether it's a light guy, a graphic designer that designed a logo 14 years ago or whatever it be. Like there's so many people that are part of creating this overall art for every single band out there. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's sweet that there are so many people willing to put so much effort into, all these different projects and that people can make a good living off of it as well. That's another thing people, I think that there's a lot of creative people out there that could have jobs in the industry if they um, like were to push themselves hard enough. And in the modern world, um, like do you, do you think that freelance as a graphic artist is the, the best route to try to go? Or do you think it's to try to get in? I guess it depends on the person, but uh, getting into the industry in some way, working for a booking agency or working for a label or whatever. Do you think that that is the better route as an artist if someone is a creative trying to do what you do? I mean, I guess it would be the better route just for the sake of having at least like a steady, you know, flow of funds coming your way. Because obviously, if you're just 100% freelance, every month is going to be completely different. Yeah. And you have to work uh, to yeah. get work if you're freelance. <laughs> Where, Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ideal. I, I guess the ideal situation would be, you know, to find that steady gig who is also cool with you doing side work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, ha- you always have that least, you know, um, threshold that you're not bumping under every month. Definitely. You know what I mean? So, but if you're able to just add on to that and that's your disposable income, then, yeah. you're golden. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I had free time for any sort of freelance work these days. Uh, but that is, <laughs> that is not the case. Uh, the more, the older you get to, you know, the less you want to be sitting in front of your computer when you don't need to be too. So, I mean, like I get my work in and then when I, yeah. you know, when I'm not working, I am making sure that I'm not working. Yeah. But, and so that's, um, for me and pretty much every musician I've talked to, I mean, I've had people on the podcast that have been in a band for 25 years. Um, so you would be doing this graphic design for, you know, a million years now. Are you, um, like all these artists get like basically turned off of music. Like me personally, I don't listen to music, um, unless it's my own music that I'm working on pretty much. So have you had a similar thing to where it's like, you has it killed your inspiration or your desire to want to create art beyond like work? Um, I guess that you're asking me if, if like I'm jaded in any way because yeah. of being exposed to or just it doing for so it long. so much, like doing it so much and doing so many different things, and I guess burnt burnt out to a degree. But like, I guess no, I guess I would say it's it's just harder to for me to be impressed. I don't yeah. want to say it's harder for you to impress me because that sounds like, you know, uh, it just sounds stupid, but it's harder for me to be impressed by things. I guess like my, 
like the standard of my, my ears standard and uh, taste yeah. has definitely evolved. Um, for example, with, with heavy music, you know, I, I t- you know, when we were all listening to, to metalcore, you know, 15 years ago, when it all sounded like complete, let's be completely honest, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't matter. Cause we were just like, Oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? And now I'm like, all right, this better be good. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. I'm, like you better fucking wow me with something. And what it takes is like with heavy music, especially, which I don't really listen to that often. Like on my, if I'm just driving around, like I'm trying to relax, I'm trying to vibe out. I'm yeah. trying to, you know, um, put like a score to my life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's I'm listening to that kind of stuff. But you know, the stuff that is coming out these days, like just has to be a little bit different. It can't be rehashed. Like you got to bring something new to the table yep. to, for, for me to, you know, I mean, obviously it's just my personal taste. that it doesn't matter anything, but like, like you're saying, like at, at age, I'll be 37 on Monday. So at age 37, I'll just say I'm 37 now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lot less impressed with, with just the same old shit. Yeah. Like you get, it, it's gotta be something yeah, you got it. Like, there's a lot more genre bashing, as they're calling it, and, and mixing up things. And like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how you're gonna keep my ears interested. Like, you know, well, what's this? I would that wasn't expected. Like, definitely. If I'm, if I'm listening to the same drop C metal chord, <laughs> you know, metal core chord progression and and breakdown chugs, it's like, all right, guys, this is definitely, yeah. You know, yeah, and for me, it's I think that metal has to have something that's un- unexpected, chaotic, and surprising. Um, and to me, yeah, I want to like I want to like fear for my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I yeah. want it to be ominous. I want to be like, oh shit! <laughs> if it's going to be something heavy, like yeah, like uh, yeah. So yeah, exactly. And it, it's so many bands now are like they're they're playing like air quotes like heavy stuff but they're doing it in like rock song structures and that is so insanely boring to me hearing a metal band that's doing a structure every single song the same as three days grace you know i just it's i can't stand it and so uh even with uh, outside of music on the art side of things do you find it hard to be intrigued or interested like how how can people take the art side of it to an interesting level or is it possible? Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like a combination of keeping your blinders on and staying in your own lane and doing your own thing, but also being aware of trends and what is happening and what is going to happen and what is not happening anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So man, like, you know, the more you're like, like I, not to like uh, knock any other designer or designers or anything, but I've, I've never understood like mood boards, you know what I mean? Like, like, or like, like Pinterest yeah. of like, all right, here's all this stuff that inspires me. I'm just going to stare at it for hours. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's going to like seep into your subconscious and, and, you know, you might end up like, accidentally ripping something like off or that. something yeah. yeah or like you know like like how the beatles have gotten in trouble over the years they're like uh you know or like any any big band that has gotten sued for ripping off another band it's always yeah. been like oh yeah it turns out that they, they, they actually toured with this band 
you know, at like back then. And they probably heard that song and thought it was a cool riff and then they recorded it. Like, yep. so what I'm saying, but like, you know, keeping your blinders on and like, you know, making sure that you're, you know, if you haven't found your style yet, like make sure you're just working on developing your own style and not just trying to like mimic other things. For sure. And if you are going to mimic other things, do it in a way to where you're bashing together enough different things to make something new. You know, that's essentially what music is. And that's kind of what art is too. It's always has been like, um, bashing your, you know, the different things that inspire you and together to make something new. Yeah. So, and I agree. I I I, I wouldn't get too, I wouldn't get too like reliant on just collecting work by other people mm -hmm. to, you know, absorb and to stare at for it's that's, that's weird to me. I, I agree with you. Cause I, even when, if I'm working on a Browning album, I don't listen to any metal. I like, not that I listen a lot to stuff, but even if I turn on like a random Gojira, like, which is irrelevant to the Browning, I still don't want that influence. So I listen to stuff like Inya or, you know, <laughs> like really like, or I'll listen to like purity ring, you know, like really soft ambient like female voices i want like an ear cleanse rather than going and listen to something and then yep. i would take a freaking the same breakdown pattern subconsciously and put it into one of my songs right. and so exactly. i 100 percent agree about that um i try to honestly when i'm working on my music the main music i listen to is my own music because i'm trying to like recapture like what we might have done that the fans liked you know 12 years ago and but try to modernize sure. it you know so i try to take my own music and my fans as an inspiration to what I'm creating. Um, but yeah, I can see an art that could be an issue. Like you could see, you know, a skull with a rose positioned a specific way in an art piece. And then 10 days later, you're drawing that like on accident, you know? So sure, I, yeah. I could definitely see that happening. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the uh, trajectory? So like you're, you're here, you've been in metalcore, you've been doing rock and metal, and, you know, I think Sumerian might have done some rap for a bit. Like, all this all this stuff, music stuff. Uh, the trajectory from here as, as like, a graphic artist or an art director, because now that that's, like, your, your title, like, that can transition to video game realm, movie realm, like, all this crap. Like, is there a tra- trajectory beyond, like, what you're doing? Do you have aspirations beyond like metalcore and rock and whatnot. I think if you're um, asking about Sumerian in general or, or no, like you me as a designer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the more, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fun if Sumerian was strictly a, a metalcore label. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and, that, and Sumerian does film as well. Like, right. Yeah. Like I, I love that it's so diverse and that I, you know, I'm kind of on my toes, so to speak, to constantly keep things fresh. And like, obviously, Sumerian has its own aesthetic that I try to kind of pair with, you know, uh, the artist's like specific aesthetic so that all our stuff looks somewhat coherent. Yeah. Um, but kind of spaced out on what the question so was. The, like, the, tra- to the trajectory, yeah, yeah, the trajectory, I guess. Um, as far as like what I still want to do, like, like I said, like I'm still new to photography and, and I'm getting a lot of, I'm having a lot of fun, you know, working that into my work. Um, I would just, you know, I, like I said, I'm just really busy 
And yeah. I, I would love to learn, you know, different mediums and, you know, learn 3d or get yeah. better at drawing and stuff like that. But you know, the reality is I'm just, I'm just so busy. Definitely. Um, just doing what needs to be done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, can't I guess really if you're, if you're busy forward. and you're in your realm and you're doing uh, art that you like uh, and you're able to pay your bills, I guess that that's goals right there. You know, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, like I, ideally I have, you know, I can have some more time to actually travel with my camera yeah. to take more photos, to use in my work, to make it better. You know what I mean? But yeah. that would be great. Um, I also like, I don't really miss touring, but I would definitely like to at least give a shot at like live concert photography too. I think that'd oh, be really sure. fun. I've never done that before. So, um, yeah. Well, I was, you let I was me know really when ins- you want to get on the road and I'll, I'll take you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really think I'm down to get into a bunk <laughs> anytime soon, but if you guys, like that, right. If you guys ever come through Vegas, um, I will roll out and shoot you guys. Sure. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the problem too. I mean, even we're about to hit the road and last time I toured I was twenty eight. Now I'm about to be thirty two and it's like even that Mm -hmm. scale, I'm like I I really have to sit in a fifteen passenger, you know, express van for, you know, however long the tour is and I'm like There's a (laughs) lot yeah. It's tough. There's a lot more like essentials that you need now on the road. Like you're going <laughs> to, you know, you didn't, you didn't need Tums and melatonin four years ago, but you probably do now. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the one a.m. Fast food isn't going to fucking oh, do no, any I'm favors not doing anymore. That. I thought about that. I've, we used to eat after the show, didn't matter what time it was, we'd go to Taco Bell and that was every night. And I'm like, there's yeah. no freaking way I am doing no. that now. Not happening. For the yeah, for the sake of you and the people around you, uh, <laughs> it's not a good idea. Yeah, and my wife, and after I get home, I'll feel like garbage. Like it's just, yeah, you know. yeah. You'll be ten pounds heavier. So like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And exactly. Sorry, it's the only thing that's open late, babe. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, everything's crazy in the world and metalcore and deathcore like you said does feel like it's on a resurgence and it's uh nice hearing from the perspective of someone that has been doing it this long in that realm and um so i i really appreciate you talking to me and there's probably graphic artists out there listening to this podcast that are like you know what if he could do it on myspace i can do it now and so there we go there's the inspiration hell yeah that's awesome i appreciate that (laughs) and uh yeah i really i hope so i mean I don't really have, I haven't had opportunity to like do anything like this. Um, I've done like one podcast interview yeah. before. So yeah, this is always cool. And um, yeah, I'm always, you know, trying to reach out. Like I said, I, I reached out to designers for, you know, help with merch designs for these album drops and stuff. Yeah. I love developing and I, I've been in a group chat with this, you know, it's like, I think there's like 16 of us now, like nice. from around the world. And we just talk all day, every day and stuff. So always looking to, make new relationships with merch designers. So I guess if anyone is listening to this, they can, you know, if they want to go spam me a follow DMs. and shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I might. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to check my filtered inbox every now and then that's, you, you know, it might end up there, but yeah, I'm always looking for fresh faces to work with. And, um, that's you know, what it's all things, about. Uh, yeah. That's what it's all yeah, about. Exactly. For Perfect. sure. Well, I appreciate you, Dan. I will talk to you later. Awesome, man. All right. Looking forward to uh, catching up with you after this and, and coming on tour with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> All right. Peace, dude. All right, man. What a good conversation with a good dude. And real quick, before you check out, go check out 
fearlessknives.com and buy the new Defender, our newest knife. And again, Fearless Knives is my company, so you're supporting me and uh, my entrepreneurial endeavors. So fearlessknives.com, check out our new knife, the Defender. See you guys on the next one.